Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Flea Flicker. I'm your host, John Murray, and I want to welcome you back one more time. Um, for those uh, like those listeners who have constantly listened to my show, I want to say thank you for doing so, and I hope you continue to come on back. And for any possible new viewers, I want to say welcome to my podcast. Um, again, like I've always stated before, and I'll continue to state, I'm always looking to broaden my horizon, so to speak. Anybody, uh, you know, uh, I've had listeners from Germany, Thailand, United Kingdom, Canada, but I like to get it out there more. I want other people to certainly listen to the podcast. I mean, my podcast on Spotify, Anchor, I have it on Google Podcasts, uh, there's Apple Podcasts, and many, many more out there. So uh, if you get a chance, please, whatever your listening device, I should say, any device, please listen. Again, I will apologize. I don't really get a chance to do these podcasts too much. I like to do as much as I can. Uh, you know, as again, as we all we all have that nine to five job that we've got to work at, and certainly I've been doing the same job for thirty one years. So, again, it takes a lot of my time. Um, unfortunately, I would love to do about a billion podcasts, well, maybe not that much, uh, a lot of episodes I would love to do, but unfortunately there's times where I don't get a chance to do so. But uh, for those who are viewers who constantly listen to this podcast, or like I want to say, any new viewers, I want to thank you, and I want to welcome you to this, to this uh, episode. Uh, let's, let's jump right into it. Um, Let's talk about the first thing we'll talk about is, I guess, the buzz in Jacksonville here lately. It's been the biggest news, maybe not the biggest news in the NFL, but one of the bigger things is about uh, there has been a buzz coming out of Jacksonville that um, Urban Meyer, I'm not going to say Urban's in trouble, but there's stuff coming out of the locker room that Urban is, uh, well, shall we say, uh, Stuff has been leaking out to the point that Urban is not, is getting frustrated, he's getting upset that the team is not performing up to his high standards. Like, let's just say we could use that. Now, when I first started this podcast back in June, in late June, I believe it might have been it might have been episode number two. I'm not, I'm not sure. I really would have to go back and listen to the podcast. I've always thought that it was a huge, huge mistake for Urban Meyer to try to jump into the pros. Because don't get me wrong, Urban has had tremendous amount of success in the college level. Bowling Green, Utah, uh, two-time national champion at Florida, national championship with the Ohio State Buckeyes. There's no doubt Urban has done, has done an outstanding job in college pro football. You won't find a better record among head coaches in the college game that Urban Meyer did. So I give Urban all the all the credit he's due in college. But I always thought it was a mistake for Urban to go jump straight into the pros. And we know the track record of college coaches. A lot of college coaches don't cut it. What about Nick Saban? Nick Saban tried to jump to the Miami Dolphins. Where did that land him? One year he was out. And then he went back to Alabama. Then he went to Alabama. Well, he went to LSU, Alabama. And of course, the rest has been history since then. Now, Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll done college job. Then he went to the pro 
he didn't have he didn't have success. He went back to college and had an outstanding did an outstanding job at Southern Cal, which led him to Seattle Seahawks job. And he Pete's on a pretty good job in his second trip. I mean, he he has gotten Seattle two Super Bowls, and he has they did win one. So, but a lot of college coaches have a hard time making that jump. And one of the biggest reasons I think, at least the buzz that's coming out of Jacksonville, is I think Urban tries his, I believe he has that college mindset where he needs to hold the guy's hands. In college football, you're dealing with, you're dealing anywhere between 18, 19, 20, some 21-year-olds is what you're dealing with at the college level. You go into the pros, you're dealing with men who know maybe mid-20s, mid let's say mid-20s and up, let's just say, for the sake of argument. Now, the problem is Urban cannot ha cannot do what he did in college as far as treating the men the pros like you do in college. You can't do it. It's impossible. And Urban, I think, is a smart enough man to realize that, but I think there are some, I think there have been some instances where that has been the case. Uh, there has been a buzz that Marvin Jones, Marvin Jones, a veteran in this league, who is a former Cincinnati Bengal, who teamed up along with A.J. Green to make a nice little one-two punch with Bengal for, you know, for a few years. He had a pretty decent, pretty decent career with the Detroit Lions, and anybody can have a decent career with the Detroit Lions these days certainly gets a feather in their cap. The Jacksonville Jaguars signed him this whole season for veteran leadership. Now, Marvin hasn't done that bad of a job with Jacksonville this year. But the thing is, it was, seems like that the, at least the word coming out of Jacksonville was Urban was jumping on, I guess, the receiver's case, you could say, about dropping balls or whatever the case may, whatever the case may be, running the wrong routes or whatever, whatever it was going on in Jacksonville. And Marvin Jones, being a veteran of the NFL for many years, didn't take too kindly to it. He might have had some words with Urban. And he left. He left the meeting. And some of maybe the assistant coaches had to go after Marvin, try to calm him down. Now, I know Jacksonville, they've had they've had some injuries to that receiving court this year. You've got some young players. Certainly you've got young players. But a guy like Marvin Jones, I don't think Marvin Jones would be one of the guys that I would sit there and want to yell at. But suppose that is the word. That is that is the word. And the other thing is the best offense weapon, James Robinson. The misuse of James Robinson. Suppose there was a game where he phoned the ball and Irvin put him on the bench and brought in Carlos Hyde. Well, yeah, Carlos Hyde does have a connection with Urban being at Ohio State. Okay, so there's that connection. Now, there was a game where Urban, I think, uh, believed that Carlos didn't phone the ball, but he stayed in the game and not James Robinson. Now, I don't know. I know James, James Robinson has dealt with some injuries this year. I think he's had some what, knee and heel injuries, I believe. I believe that's the case. But James is your best offensive weapon, period, end of the story. And if I'm Urban Meyer and I'm the offensive coordinator, I get the ball, I like the ball, I like James run the ball 20. I don't care he's got to run the ball 25 times. Maybe catch about five or six passes out of the backfield. Let him touch the ball as much as you can. Because right now, 
here's a young man that can take all the pressure off of your rookie quarterback, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. I can understand if you want to bring in Carlos Hyde and you want to like spell Robinson for a little bit. I get it. I would understand that. And maybe if you're a fancy, fancy owner, you might not want that. But Robinson, his last few games, man, have not, he has not been hitting on anything. And that's not his fault. That's the offensive line's fault. That's the play calling. And Trevor Lawrence just came up with throwing four interceptions against the Tennessee Titans. And Tennessee's defense has had its ups and has had some downs this year, a lot more downs and ups. But again, it's a, I know it's a learning process for Trevor Lawrence. And Trevor does have some good qualities, don't get me wrong. And maybe once the ship, maybe when he gets a better offensive line, maybe a, a legitimate number one receiver, maybe Trevor will prove prove everybody that, yeah, this guy was a solid first-round draft pick. But going back to James Robinson, Urban comes out and says that he did not know what was going on, why he was not in the game. He said that was the that was the call of the running backs coach, I believe. Now, I kind of find it hard to believe Urban on that one. You're the head coach. You should know what's going on. I mean, if you don't know what's going on with your own team, that's that's a that's a telltale sign that's something's not going on. Something's not right. So to me, I know he says he likes he likes for his coaches to manage, and there's nothing wrong with that. You want to give some of your assistant coaches a little more responsibility. I got no problem with that. That's fine, Urban. You should know every inch of that team. Now, there's another rumor coming out of there that he was bashing some of the assistant coaches. Now, to me, it's like it's Jacksonville's more dysfunctional. Can become one of the most dysfunctional teams in the NFL. That's what it seems to be the case. If you if if, if some of these rumors are true, coming out of, you know coming out of Jacksonville. Now, Urban's made a press conference. And he says none of this stuff is true, that him and Marvin are cool, that uh, you know, James will start getting the ball more often, this and that and that and this. Well, somebody once told me, somebody once told me this, if yeah, for every lie, there's just a little bit of truth, a little bit of truth to it. And this is a statement that makes it quite quite correct. Now the ownership has said that uh that that Urban, that they got total confidence in Urban. And more than likely, he'll be back next season. And they said the previous, the previous two coaches, I believe they've got about four or five years before they got canned. And I believe, I believe Urban will get probably another year to see what he can do with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, I don't, I don't, now, people say that Urban is frustrated. Now, I, that I can believe, because Urban is used to being a winner. Everywhere he's gone, he's used to being a winner. But when he comes here to Jacksonville, you're in the NFL, and he's losing. And I guarantee that's probably, that is probably tearing Urban Meyer up, because Urban Meyer is not used to losing. This may, may be his, very, his first losing season ever. 
And when you're used to winning and winning and winning, and then all of a sudden, you get hit with this and you lose it. I'm sure it's frustrating for Urban Meyer. And it's frustrating for the, for the Jacksonville ownership. And it's frustrating for the Jacksonville fans. I get it. But I have to wonder how long is this, is this Urban thing is going to go. Because you got to remember, the last two stops in college, Florida and Ohio State, Urban complained of health issues and started saying health issues. Well, I got a feeling if Jacksonville doesn't straighten up, Urban's going to probably have even more health issues. And then Urban's going to walk away from this and he's going to go back to more than likely the college football booth, whether it's probably back, I believe he was what, Fox? I believe that's where he came from. He may probably go back to Fox and may wind up being uh, an analyst once again. Now, I know his name came up in the Southern Cal job. Uh, Notre Dame was um, a place his name came, to, came up as well. But Urban denied him. I'm sure in the back of Urban's mind, he'd probably say, man, I'd be better off going back coaching the Southern Cal or maybe a Notre Dame. Now, can you imagine if Urban Meyer left Jacksonville and went to Southern Cal? My gosh. I said, my gosh, Urban can win the Pac-10 just about almost every year, or close to about every year, at the, Pac- at the Pac-10. Let's be honest with you. Urban has success in the SEC. He has success in the Big Ten. He would, he would, that would be a walk in the park for Urban if he went to back to the Pac-10. And what about Notre Dame? Well, I guarantee you, Urban would certainly have put together a bunch of 10-win seasons for Notre Dame. Notre Dame, I mean, if Urban went to Notre Dame, there's talent on, on that Notre Dame team. He could probably easily gotten all 10 wins out of them, hands down. But the thing is with Urban, Urban's not used to losing. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt he's gotten frustrated with the players. Players, assistant coaches, I'm sure he has. Because it goes back to Urban is not used to losing. And to me, I've always said, and I'm sure all the experts will agree, all the analysts, this is not Urban's forte. Now, now I'm sure the ownership will probably give him a second season. But let's be honest. How much longer do you think they're going to give him? Or how much longer is Urban going to take losing? Because let's be, let's be quite frank. Alone, just let's just say alone, the division. And that division, the Tennessee Titans. Well, if you look, if you look to twenty twenty two, well, you you should have a healthy Derrick Henry returning. You should have a healthy AJ Brown coming back. Those are two very important offensive weapons. Now, can Ryan Tannehill bounce back from having a mediocre year this year? Can he bounce back and put it put it back together? I mean, there's thing, there's something to work with. You take a look at the Indianapolis Colts. A nice offensive line. One of the best running backs in the league, Jonathan Taylor. Carlson Wentz has actually played pretty decently for them. Pretty decent defense. Let's be honest with you. Jackson's not going to catch Tennessee next year. They're not catching the Indianapolis Colts. So all they've got left is, what, Houston Texans? Well, the Texans and Jackson will have probably a third and fourth spot for the next probably a couple of years or so. So I hate to tell Urban, he's got to get used to losing 
And Lewis, and Lewis, Tennessee flips a switch, turns it on, and plays solid and starts to really crank it up. Gerald Launch will have another year. James Robinson back next year, but the offense line is horrible. You need to find a consistent. No, you need to find a number one receiver. You have a you have a decent bunch of number twos, maybe some number threes, but you don't have that number one that can step up and get the job done for you. Now, I like Dan Arnold as your tight end. I think Dan has a nice little niche for himself there. And defensively, I mean, there are some components in Jacksonville that could have the makings of a decent defense, but it still needs work. There's a lot of work that needs to be done in Jacksonville. The question mark is, can Urban, will ever Urban have enough patience, should we say, to hang around to write the ship. Because to be honest with you, if Urban's a smart enough man as I think he is, he's gonna sit back and he's gonna be scratching his head. And he said, This this is not gonna be a one year thing, two year thing, a three year thing. I think it might be a four or five year job before we make it in Jacksonville contenders again. Because you figure in only four or five years, you figure Tennessee is Go drop off the face of the earth, maybe. The Colts. Who knows? The Texans. The Texans are in the same boat as Jacksonville. It may take them five or six more years to get back and get back in that picture. But let's be honest. I don't doubt. I don't doubt what's coming out of Jacksonville is true. I'm sure, and I'm sure Urban is frustrated. He's upset. He could be upset at the trainer, for all I know. But to be honest with you, Urban's not used to losing. He's getting the, the feel of losing, and he doesn't like it. He doesn't like the taste in his mouth. But I tell Urban, this is what you signed up for. You knew this is what you were getting into. I certainly hope Urban didn't think he was going to take Jacksonville to the Super Bowl. Because that wasn't going to happen. And who ever knows if Jacksonville will ever meet, get to the Super Bowl. I'm a Cincinnati Bengals fan. Bengals have been twice, but they've never won a Super Bowl. But let's be honest. Urban, either my advice or mine would be chill out. You better have one hell of a team meeting. You better do, if the, if the stuff is true, come Jacksonville, you better apologize to every single member of that locker room and to your assistants. Get their... You know, get their approval, get their vote of confidence in you. Because the way it is looking right now, Urban, you're losing your team. You're losing your assistant coaches. Hell, you may lose your job before long. Let's talk about, we talk about teams with bad luck. Early in the year, we talked about the Indianapolis Colts and their bad luck. In training and in training camp, it wasn't. It was a few years ago. It was the Chargers that were having horrible luck. Every time we turned around, everybody was getting hurt. For all I know, the trainer might have got hurt for the Chargers. Everybody was getting hurt. And now this year's bad luck team is the Baltimore Ravens. Now we've discussed on previous previous podcasts, previous episodes that everybody knows about. It. The Ravens, 
and the interest of the top three running backs. You'd have to find a band of misfits. They went on and got Devontae Freeman, which Devontae Freeman, who I got to say, hasn't played that bad for the Ravens. He's been a very good pickup for them. They got Latavius Murray, who the New Orleans Saints cut. They picked him up. I mean, they had to get, they pulled Le'Veon Bill off the scrap heap, put him in there to see what he could do. But here lately, this just this past week, Lamar Jackson, former MVP of this league, he got hurt. A sprained ankle. Now, the buzz is that John Harbaugh says he could very well play this week against the Green Bay Packers. Now, is a very tight race. I believe they have a, they have a one game lead over both. I believe the Bengals and the Browns. Now Lamar may not be one hundred percent, but this might be a situation where hey, we got to keep the lead. We might have to throw Lamar out there, even though he's one hundred percent on that ankle. Now Tyler Huntley, he has ups and he has some downs, and he almost pulled off that comeback. But they came up short. But injuries, I get it. You know, injuries plague everybody in this league. Now, to be honest with you, maybe the Ravens are not the most uh, bad luck team. What's the next next unlucky team? I believe is a team in their same division, the Cleveland Browns. My gosh. The buzz is Cleveland Browns are now. They've got like look like they got about half the team on um, protocol now. Uh, injuries to they've got injuries. Uh, I believe uh, Kareem Hunt. I believe he got hurt again. I don't know the timetable for his services or when he'll be back. Grant, you still got Nick Chubb. The offensive line's been nicked up. We all know Baker Mayfield's story. He's been banged up. The defense has suffered injuries, and now you got this COVID issue. Maybe the Cleveland Browns might take Baltimore Ravens title as being the most bad luck team in this league this year. But again, it goes back to what I've said in the previous podcast. You know, I got to give John Harbaugh the double his due. Again, I'm a Bengal fan. The Ravens are in, my, in, in, in the division. But Harbaugh, he should be given some slim consideration for coach of the year for all the injuries. I know the Ravens have dealt with some COVID issues as well. Then again, when NFL team really hasn't dealt with some type of COVID issues, right? But I'll tell you what, the Ravens, I know a lot of people said the Baltimore Ravens are not the same team that they were, you know, a couple years ago. Lamar has struggled. I get it. Lamar has struggled. Thornton has struggled this year. Some people think that Bart Lobar has even regressed. Now you have to wonder, what if he had a J.K. Dobbins, a Gus Edwards, would that make a difference? Now Hollywood Brown has Marcus Brown. He has actually played pretty decent this year. He's picked up his game. Mark Andrews is one of the more underrated Titans in this league. You always hear about Travis Kelsey, George Kittle. Mark Andrews is certainly top five Titan in this league, without a doubt. But the Ravens' defense, the Ravens' defense is not what it once was. The Ravens' defense was one of the most feared defenses in this league at one point in time. You didn't want to go play them. But now, they're a shell of, their, of themselves. 
or somehow, for some reason, John Harwell seems to figure out, well, seems to wave a magic wand, and he seems to keep this team together, keeps it going right along. Now, there's a possibility that the Ravens could still win the uh, division. I don't doubt that. The way Pittsburgh played against Minnesota the other night, they came out flat in the first half, and my God, they flipped the switch on in the second half, but came up short. The Cleveland Browns, the thing with Cleveland is you don't know what team you're getting from week to week with Cleveland. Injuries, COVID issues have hurt the Cleveland Browns this year. You know, then now there's now there's a buzz coming out of Cleveland that um that Baker that Baker's having is having some issues maybe with with the coaching staff. Who knows, right? In Cincinnati, just when you think Cincinnati is about on the cusp of something, they let you down. Again, with the San Francisco 49ers game, it was a very good ball game. They were losing, they were getting beat. And then Joe Burrow and the offense picked it up and took it to overtime, but they lost in overtime. I mean, I hate to say it, but the Ravens could still win this division because nobody else wants to step up and win this division. Now, my feeling is, I don't think the Ravens will get out the first round. That's my opinion. They will not do so. Injuries happen in this league. I get it. But man, somebody, the football gods must not like the Baltimore Ravens this year. Then again, like we said, all the teams, they have their injuries, but the Ravens, every time you turn around, my gosh, half the team is hurt. But I'll say this much. If they if they do make the playoffs, John Harbaugh should get at least some, yeah, should get some votes for being coach of the year just off of that. Now let's play a little um, catch-up if we will. Let's go back to last week with the New England Patriots and the Buffalo Bills. Now, a lot of experts have been saying that, I believe that, they've been saying that Bill Belichick has been went a little too cocky for his own good for the strategy where he had Mac Jones throw him three passes the whole game. And New England ran the ball pretty much right down Buffalo Bills' throat and won the game. Well, let's be honest with you. It certainly seems that Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels, and the coaching staff had a game plan. Now, the weather was not exactly great. Windy conditions. And Bill knows this. Let's be honest with you. How many snow and windy conditions have you seen in New England or in the Boston area? I'm sure, yeah. In the winter, and especially in the winter time. Come on now. You don't think Bill Belichick's been to that? Now, the Buffalo Bills, the Buffalo Bills have been through this stuff. I mean, come on, this is Buffalo. You could have 20 feet of snow in Buffalo anytime. The thing is, Bill Belichick came up with a game plan, he executed it. I know people think, well, that's arrogance, that's cockiness. No, that's Bill Belichick being a good coach. 
To be honest with you, and, and Belichick, they have a solid defense. Now, jo now Josh Allen, now Josh Allen just came off of this past week, what, th what he threw for 300 yards and ran for 100 yards? I mean, there's no denying Josh Allen's talent. But the thing is, Belichick knew that, A, Buffalo cannot run the football. It doesn't matter if it's Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, Matt Rita, Rita. It doesn't really matter who's running. They cannot run the ball. The only guy that can run the ball is actually Josh Allen, to be honest with you. But he knew they can't run the ball. They were going to have to pass the ball. And in that winning conditions, as great as good as an honor Josh Allen really has, he was going to have a problem in that win. Now, Tyler Bass, the kicker for the Buffalo Bills, had been a solid kicker this year, but the winning condition, the winning condition is so bad, I believe he missed the field goal, right? He missed an easy field goal. I think the first time he missed a field goal under 30 or maybe like at 30 yards or something, he had first one in his whole career that he had missed. I mean, it was windy conditions. I mean, I and Josh Allen could throw the ball through the wind. He had issues. And I'm sure Bill Belichick said, well, if Josh Allen with that strong arm is going to have throwing issues, then Mac Jones is going to have those same issues. So let's go ahead and run the ball. Now, the Buffalo Bills have a pretty decent defense. Don't get me wrong on that. But then they go out and them. Damian Harris had a good game until he had to go to the hamstring. Stevenson stepped in and played well. It was Harris before his hamstring. It was Stevenson. It was pretty much a dose of that. Bolden, he stepped in. He had a few carries and broke a few, broke a couple himself. It's pretty simple, right? I mean, you think about it. And Mac Jones, even though he threw three passes, played what Mac Jones has done this year as time as the season has gone on. Mac has played well. Now again, New England, they don't have like a legitimate number one receiver. But the offensive line has played well. The running game hasn't been bad. It's played well. You don't have the greatest receiving core in the world, but it's somehow figured something out. And well, the Patriots has played the Patriot way on defense. And that the Patriot play, right? Defense. Run the ball. Don't make mistakes. Decent special teams. Where we had not seen that from Bill Belichick before. This is what made it, this is what gave him a 20-year run is one of the best football teams in NFL history. The same formula. Now, Mac Jones, no. He's not Tom Brady. But I was listening to Colin Cowherd today, and he was putting together a pretty impressive numbers of Mac Jones in his rookie year compared to Tom Brady. And it's pretty funny. There's a lot of similarities there. Now, Again, that's not to say Mac Jones is Tom Brady. And if Mac goes out and wins seven Super Bowls, we can have a totally different discussion. And I don't think Bill Belichick will be coaching probably another seven years, but then again, I can't, I'm not in Bill Belichick's head, so I can't really answer that question. But if you think, this is what made the New England Patriots 
successful for all of these years, for 20 years. Now, last year, they had a bad year. But now they're, they have rebounded. They have bounced back. Some people have them. I believe the Patriots are actually the number one seed in the AFC. Isn't that familiar territory for the New England Patriots? Now, can New England get themselves back to the Super Bowl and represent the AFC? That I don't know. My honest opinion was I don't really believe that they are going to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. I know Belichick. Belichick has never made a lot of friends with the press. I get that. He's always been coy. He doesn't like the injury. He's famous for the uh, maybe with the injury with the injury report about not being being totally truthful with the injury report. I get the spy gate thing. I get all of that. Bill Belichick, no matter how you slice or dice it, he is a successful coach in his league. And people might want to bash him for what he did to the Buffalo Bills. But the thing is, if it works, it simply works, right? Now, to be honest with you, if he tried the strategy, that strategy, and he would have lost, well, people would have said Bill Belichick needs to be fired or something like that. But the thing is, like I've always said before, and I've told my viewers, I am not a, I'm not a person that's biased. I love the Cincinnati Bengals. They're my football team, but I will bash them if I don't think they're doing the job, and I'll bash any team in the NFL. But you got to give Bill Dutch the credit he's due. He hasn't made friends in the media. I get it. But Bill is still one of the better coaches in this league. Some some can make a statement that hey, he's won yeah, he's won a lot of Super Bowls, more Super Bowls than any other coach in NFL history. That makes him the greatest coach of all time. Well, hard to argue that point if you win that many Super Bowls. Now Don Shula has the most wins, and then again Don Shula has has done one thing the White House has done. An undefeated team. Now, Bill Belichick came close, but they lost the Super Bowl. And again, with the New England Patriots, it's that Patriot hate, I guess you could say. Let's be honest with you. People hate winners, right? What about the New York Yankees? The New York Yankees, when they had, I mean, New York, New York Yankees have won, what, 27 World Championships? People hate the Yankees, but they're one of the most successful franchises in NFL history. I guarantee you the Pittsburgh Steelers back in the Steel Curtain days, people hated them because they were successful. The Lakers or the Celtics, when they were some of the best teams, some of the best teams, people hated the Lakers or the Celtics because it seemed like every year they were in the NBA Finals, right? It's It's hard. If you're a fan, if you're a fan of that franchise, whether it's baseball, football, basketball, hockey, whatever the case might be, you love it because your team is pretty much winning every single year. But if you're the yeah, but if you're a part of the media, or you're an analyst, or maybe doing a podcast, or whatever the case might be, you get jealous because that team has all the success in the world. 
but for this this person in the podcast it's very simple if you don't like them beat them simple as that figure a way to beat them study out study can you out study Bill Belichick it can be done I'm sure it can be done but let's be honest with you all this is is patriot hate because maybe in the back of your mind you feel oh here we go again Bill's got this figured out he's got himself a young quarterback Maybe he can be somewhat compared to Tom Brady. Maybe, I'm not saying he's going to seven Super Bowls, but he's got that quality about him. I like my running game. My defense is where it should be. The special teams is doing well. But, again, it's a Patriot way. The Patriot way has got you six Super Bowls, right? can't argue with that but simply is the bashing of Bill Belichick and the Patriots now they beat the Buffalo Bills and simply put when you're successful people hate you I hate to say it but that's the way it is now let's talk about one game that came on Sunday night the Green Bay Packers and the Chicago Bears now let's talk about the glimpse into the future of the Chicago Bears and Justin Fields. Now, Justin Fields had his struggles. But what But what happened all night was simply amazing. Maybe Justin Fields is starting to arrive a little bit because he threw a couple long touchdown passes. And I'm sure Green Bay was probably floored. They were shocked. At one point, I believe they were losing by 10 points, right? I mean, they caught Green Bay completely off guard. I know what Aaron Rodgers and his comments about, hey, I own you. Now, even though Green Bay did come back and did win the game, they did win the game. But for Chicago Bears fans, I'm not a Bears fan, but I kind of like what I did see from Justin Fields the other night. There's the upside. That's why you wouldn't got Justin. That's why you traded up to get a guy like that. Now, I'm not keen on the offensive line. I think it sucks personally. I do like I do like David Montgomery. I think he's one of the more, again, another underrated player in this league. I like him. They have a good young receiver in Daryl Mooney who I do like him. Now, I know Allen Robinson. I believe Allen Robinson's contract is up this year. The way it's looking, I don't think, I don't think he'll be back next season. I do like Daryl Mooney, but Daryl Mooney, to me, I don't think qualifies as a number one receiver yet. Now, again, that's something that has to be worked on. It's just a lot of things Chicago defense. At times, the defense hasn't played that bad. But once again, you're Chicago Bears fans. you got to like what you see in Justin Fields. I mean, Green Bay. Green Bay's defense has not had you guys. Let's be honest with you. Green Bay's defense has not been that bad this year. Green Bay's had a lot of injuries to that defense, and he still continues to play pretty decently. Now, granted, it's not the Baltimore Ravens defense with Ray Lewis running it, or it's not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Derek Brooks and Warren Sapp and company. It's not the Chicago Bears, 85 Bears defense. I get all that. But the Packers defense hasn't been that bad this year. And let's be honest with you, 
Justin Fields stepped up and he played and he played extremely well. A couple long bombs for touchdowns. And let's be honest with you. They even returned one for a touchdown. The Bears had the Packers on the ropes, but they had Aaron Rodgers eating his words. And then all of a sudden, here comes Aaron Rodgers and company. They get the ball rolling, and they won the game. They couldn't keep up. Now, I know the biggest question coming out of Chicago is this. Will Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy keep their jobs? For right now, it's hard for me to say. If I had to be a betting man, I'm going to say they probably will be gone. And that might be, again, whoever comes in and heard the Chicago Bears, the general manager, and the new head coach, they've got to feel pretty decent because they need to have a young quarterback that they can certainly ride into the future. Like I said, I like I like David Montgomery. You got a good young receiver, Mooney. But do you set Allen Robinson down? Allen's been hurt this year. He's had a lot of injuries. But do you set Allen Robinson down? Say, Allen, we need you to come back because we have a good young receiver. We have a good young quarterback, I should say, in Justin Fields. Would you be interested in coming back? Now, I'm sure Allen's going to want a lot of money. And I don't think the Chicago Bears are going to pay that money. They're going to say, well, Allen, you were hurt this past season. And we can look back at the successes you had for us. But we got to look at what you've done for us lately. And I'm sure Allen will be gone and he'll, he'll get a contract with some other team somewhere. But if you ownership, you got to look at the offensive line. Get Justin an offensive line. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is going to get that same problem in Jacksonville. They can still get some pieces in that in that defense. But the thing is, if you're a Bears fan, I did like what I did see the other night. Justin's had some ups, he's had some downs. But what I did see him playing against Green Bay Packers, I saw something. There's something there. Don't screw it up. Nagy might be gone. Pace might be gone. But the Bears fans can relax. They have something there. Be thankful. Now we'll go back into the AFC North and we'll talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now I guess more buzz has been coming out of Pittsburgh about the Chase Claypool and they got a first down and it was late in the game. Time was running off the clock and they wanted to gloat about his first down and it cost him seconds and people feel it cost them the ball game. Well, let's be honest with you. You got to look at the whole game. Now, I can't blame, I cannot blame Claypool whatsoever because let's be honest with you. If Pittsburgh hadn't come out and played that flat in the first half, if they had done something, something in the first half, Pittsburgh, I think, could have won the game and then we wouldn't be talking about this Claypool situation, right? I mean, if you if you people see the game like I did, they came out flat. They were horrible. Now some people say, well, they got beat up, they got beat beat on by the Ravens. And I'm sure the Ravens went into playing Cleveland. I'm sure they probably felt the same way too. Now, now to be honest with you, the Ravens, they lost. But they barely lost. 
I mean, the Seagulls got, I mean, the Seagulls got ran on for 205 yards by Dalvin Cook. Now, Dalvin Cook is, a, is one of the better running backs in the league. Make no mistake about it. But my guess is, where is that Pittsburgh Steelers defense? It was supposed to be in the top, I know, five in this league, but where has it been this year? I know injuries have hit them a little bit. I get that. But where has it been? For some reason, the defense has not been there this year. It has been disappointing. Now, we've talked about the offensive line. It's, not, it's a horrible offensive line. We're talking about Big Ben. Is it Big Ben's going to hang it up? Is it time for Big Ben to go? I love Najee Harris. Deontay Johnson has shown some upside. Could very well be the number one receiver for Pittsburgh next year if Juju doesn't leave. But with one of bash and bash and bash Claypool, I can't do it because Pittsburgh played that flat in the first half. They looked horrible in the first half. If they had shown me something, I mean, I don't care. They, they could have done a touchdown and have, you know, and kick the field goal. They could have scored maybe at least 10 points in the first half. If they could have done at least that and kept the game somewhat in reach, I think they could have won the game. Now, I mean... They ran the ball right down their throats. Kirk Cousins, he had some moments, but Kirk, Kirk Cousins didn't have that good of a game. But they could not stop. But the problem is it was, A, the defense could not stop Alvin Cook, period. That was the big issue. That was the biggest issue. They couldn't stop Dalvin Cook. So now if you want to blame Clay, but Claypool was not the, was not the, was not the problem. Let's be honest. I know Claypool, it was about a couple of weeks back, he was saying something they could play music in practice or something to, and I think, you know, Tomlin didn't take too kindly to it. I know Mike Tomlin come out and said that he has talked to Claypool about that situation and whatever else. Now, I know the experts have said, well, Claypool's no deep of receiver. But the one thing I do give, the one thing I will give Pittsburgh Steelers credit for is this. I know in college football, you always have, was it, Penn State was always considered linebacker U, right? Well, the Pittsburgh Steelers had a, um, shall we say, a college program. They would be considered wide receiver U. I mean, take a look. you got to take a look at the track record of the Pittsburgh Steelers and their wide receivers. you got Lynn Swan and John Solworth, a couple of Hall of Famers. What about Hines Ward? Maybe the best receiver in Pittsburgh Steelers history, which is probably saying something. There's a young man by the name of Louis Lips. If people remember him, go look him up. He was a pretty decent player. Then you had Plasco Burroughs, who had a couple of good, had, had some pretty decent seasons with uh, Pittsburgh. What about a man who's still in the league right now, Emmanuel Sanders? Guess where he came from? Pittsburgh Steelers. And Emmanuel, everywhere Emmanuel Sanders seems to go, he seems to have some kind of uh, championship aspirations about him. Yes, and I get Antonio Brown. I get the Antonio Brown. Juju came on the scene a couple years ago. Now Deontay Johnson might follow it, follow, follow along that rich tradition. And who knows, maybe in time, Claypool might. Now... Deva receivers. Now, Linswan, a lot of people thought Linswan was a Deva receiver. Now, of course, Linswan never got into the trouble that Antonio Brown did. 
again, I don't blame. It's hard for you to sit back and blame people. Claypool, now, yeah, I get it. Yes, he did make a mistake. Yes, he should have just dropped the ball, give it to the ref, or get it. He should have. But I can't sit there and I can't not, for the life of me, blame him for what he did. Because that's it's the team's fault. Because it was the team that played flat in the first half. And it's the team's fault. Coaching staff or whatever you, or Mike Tomlin's fault that they played that way. So you can't blame, don't blame Claypool, no. Blame the entire team. It shouldn't have came out flat like that. If they came out and played somewhat of a semblance, like I said earlier, they got at least maybe 10 points or something, they could have very well maybe won that game. Now, Claypool don't play defense. Not that I'm aware of that he does. The defense can stop Cook. So, please, don't say Claypool cost you the ball game. If he had played better, if he had played, if he came out in the first half and played, maybe you would have won the game, and maybe you would have to lie. You wouldn't even talk about Claypool and, and his little situation. I know that I'm a big AFC North fan, but let's 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 kind of wrap it up. Let's talk about the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, now I keep telling the Bengals fans, I'm gonna keep saying it over and over again. The Bengals are not there yet. Now, in my personal opinion, they should have beaten the San Francisco 49ers. They should have done so, but they failed. There were some calls, there were some, maybe some questionable calls in the game that Zach Taylor made. But to me, Zach Taylor's not the coach that's going to take this team to that next level. They struggled, I mean, to be honest with you, the Bengals offense struggled in the first half. Then all of a sudden, the second half, the switch went on, and Joe Burrow drove the team down the field. T. Higgins, who I, and I hate to tell the Football fans, I think T. Higgins is really their best receiver. I know people say, well, John, you've lost your mind. What about what Jamar Chase is doing this year? Well, Jamar Chase has had, has had a couple of bad games here recently, but granted, last week, him and Joe got back on that same page and they hit for two, two long touchdown passes. Now, Jamar Chase has got a pretty good future in his league. So does T. Higgins. I like Tyler Boyd. I like the receiving core. Joe Mixon has finally lived up to his billing. I get all that. But the problem is, if the Bengals are going to step up or move up to the next level, they've got to win games like that. Now, don't get me wrong. The 49ers, Garoppolo is an up-and-down player, but he does have one record in his league. The running game has been dinged up, and granted, the Bengals did a pretty decent job on a banged up running game, but they could not stop George Kittle. They had a hard time stopping George Kittle. They had a hard time stopping that passing game. And to me, I've always thought the secondary was a big question mark to make a season four of the Cincinnati Bengals. I know they did it best in the offseason to try and sort that situation. But to me, they didn't do that good of a job in doing so. But the thing is, and I've told the Bengals fans, I keep saying over and over and over again, 
it's not time. Not yet. Now, I believe the Bengals, they are still in the wild card chase. I think, well, I can't remember. I believe at one point, I think that the Bengals, where do they play? I can't remember who they would play. I can't remember right off the top of my head who they would play in week one. But the Bengals, they got beat up on by the Chargers. They got beat up by the, well, by the 49ers and decided to come back in the second half, but they lost in overtime. Now, I know there are some Bengals fans who, there's there's a question mark. Did Brandon Ayuk step out of bounds when he caught that touchdown pass? In some angles, like he might have. I don't know. But to be honest with you, again, it goes back to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Maybe if you had played better in the first half, maybe you would have been in that boat to go into overtime and then lose like that. To me, there's no doubt that there's talent, there's talent on the offensive side of the ball. Make no mistake about it. Their defense has played a little bit better this year. But I still they played they played better this year, but I'm not sold on Cincinnati Bengals defense. I still not. And to me, I don't believe Zach Taylor's the guy that can get him over the top. Now Zach does have a one day, they like I said, do have a winning record. Don't get me wrong on that, but they are not there. And I don't know how many times I've told Cincinnati Bengals fans over and over and over again. They're not. Maybe next season, maybe they'll be this, get them on the top. But I will say this, the timing could not be any better. The Ravens are dinged up. Lamar Jackson is dinged up. The Ravens are dinged up. Cleveland's dinged up. Cleveland's got COVID issues. Pittsburgh is. You don't, Pittsburgh, I don't know what to think about Pittsburgh. But if Cincinnati's going to wipe the ship, do it and do it right now. Get it straight. Zach, get your team together. Because for me right now, this is where you need to step up your game. Get it done. Figure out a way to get, figure out to right the ship. Because this division could be yours for the taking. Because don't you still have to play the Ravens? The Ravens, you have a chance to sweep the Ravens this year. Don't screw that up. But I know the Bengals not own well enough. They'll find a way to mess it up. They're going to screw this opportunity up. And to me, don't be surprised if the Bengals end up having, they go from a winning record most of this year to end up having a losing record. Mark my words. I wouldn't be surprised if it does happen. If it happens, Zach needs to go. I know people say, well, who would, who would you want to bring in to coach the Cincinnati Bengals? I know, let's be honest with you. Again, talent's on the team. But they need somebody that can put them over the top. Now, I don't know what coach currently in this league. Is there a assistant head coach somewhere else? And there's plenty, plenty that probably deserve the job as the head coach. I mean, do you go college level? Well, I don't know about, I don't know. I've always joked and always said Jim Harbaugh could be an interesting theory here. You can imagine Jim versus John Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh versus Mike Tomlin. Just saying. But I don't think Jim Harbaugh is going to leave the, the Michigan Wolverines because now he has Michigan Wolverines on the cusp of a national championship. Then again, 
I don't know if Jim Harbaugh wants to come, go to come to Cincinnati, come to Cincinnati or not. Would have to travel far. What? From Michigan to Ohio? Not a far trip, not a far trip down the road, right? But Bengals fans, it'll be interesting to see how this season plays out. You've got a chance to win this division. Zach Taylor, like I said, Zach Taylor needs to step up his game. The Bengals have got to step up their game. The Ravens are reeling. Do something about it. Put your foot on the gas. Put your foot on the Ravens' throat. You got them down. Go in for the kill. Can the Ravens do it? Can the Bengals, I should say, can the Bengals do it? To me, that's a million-dollar question. Do they have it in them to do it? I would say this this guy says no. But for Zach Tim the Bengals, step it up. Do what you gotta do. It's yours for the taking. Show these experts. It's your time. You can make the playoffs. Now what you do in the playoffs, I don't know. But you got a chance. Who knows? Maybe Zach Taylor can do what Marvin Marvin Lewis can couldn't do, and that's from the playoff game. Let's go, Bengals. Let's go. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to be all for this episode. Uh, I will do the best I can to try and get more episodes out there to you. I'm going to try to up my game and try to be better about this. There's a lot of you know NFL news out there. I love to be able to try my best to cover it all and give you my opinion. Uh, for those fantasy football fans out there, for those who have made the playoffs, congratulations. It's well-deserved. You must have made the right trades, made the right pickups off the waiver wire, and done a great coaching job. My congratulations. And if you're in the playoffs, best of luck to you when you try and win that Super Bowl. I know some leagues, I know they money. I know some of them even do trophies. Unfortunately me, I, I'm in leagues where it's just the bragging rights. It has nothing to do with the now great I do play in leagues where there is a little bit of money involved. I can't say I do leagues with trophies in them. I cannot say that. But for those once again who did make their playoffs, my congratulations to you. Great job. Hopefully, maybe as maybe as the week goes on, I'll do my best I can to get you some possible advice that could help you win your playoff game and get you maybe further into the into the Super Bowl. Well, that's all for now, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you once again for listening, and I'll see you real soon.